Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's not many teams at the beginning of the year that can say that. We have a chance to, and, and it's got to be on us to make that happen. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. This is our opportunity. Our time is, is now. Our window is now. 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 Yeah, I thought we, you know, we battled hard. I mean, you're missing three guys that play a lot of minutes for us. And three, three very, very good players huh, in the NHL. And, um, you know, we're, we're in a tough spot, uh, but I thought we played extremely hard. No one gave up, and uh, guys that came into the lineup that haven't played in, you know, a month or six weeks played extremely hard, and Dylan scored a big goal, so we were, we were happy for him, and would have liked to, uh, to get that one that I had to, to tie it up. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. I'm your host, Ted Ramey. And the run is at an end. Yeah, that was unfortunate. The only thing I kept on thinking to myself during the game last night was if the Sharks were healthy, we're looking at an entirely different scenario in Game 6. But the Sharks weren't healthy. And more important than anything else in the postseason of any sport, uh, no matter if you have a a red-hot goalie, no matter if you have the red-hot hand from a shooter, You've got a power hitter who's going nuts. You've got a rushing game that's out of its mind. You got a power play that's the best in the league. You got to be healthy. You got to be healthy more than anything else. And ultimately, when we look back at the Sharks when they were able to make that run into the Stanley Cup final in 2016, that was predicated upon relative health. Now, obviously, Tomas Hurdle went down with an injury in the Stanley Cup final, and nobody was 100% healthy, but. Ultimately, we look at the way this series went down. Eric Carlson, his health was a factor. Uh, The fact that he was not 100% throughout the entirety of the playoffs, um, that was going to play a factor in this entire postseason, and it did. And you look at Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski misses six games of the series against Colorado. Maybe that series ends a little bit sooner if Joe Pavelski is out there for the entirety of the series. Maybe it ends sooner if Eric Carlson's out there 100%. Maybe it ends a little bit sooner. I mean, you go down the ifs, the whats, the buts, and all these things that you could try and talk about and wonder. But listen, the reality is, is we're waking up this morning, the Sharks are going home, and we as fans are left feeling the sting of disappointment once again. And that's what's so tough about sports. There can only be one true champion. And, you know, I'll give it up to the Sharks and the way they run because I know not every team in sports is like this. Some teams like to go out there and say that it's a crapshoot. Um, I am 100% not in belief of that idea. I think that you go out there and you try and spend money and acquire the best talent and get the best players out there and put the best team on the ice. I think the Sharks did that, and I think that things did not go their way. They had... Some injuries come up at untimely situations, and that's why they find themselves short. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to absolve anyone. I'm not going to say that no one 
can look at themselves and ask that if they should have played better here, if they could have done this, that, or the other thing, because that's not really the issue right now. Some detailed post-mortem of why the Sharks loss is not going to help me or help you or help any of us on this morning. At a later date, yeah, we can get into that. But this morning, no, what we're thinking about is the fact that it's just it's so hard to win a championship, specifically the Stanley Cup. It's just you have to have everything be perfect. This isn't the NFL where if you have a quarterback, you're going to find yourself deep every year. This isn't you know the NBA where you can essentially have your best players out there most of the time and have them imp- impact the entirety of the game. It's just hockey is different, and it makes teams that are able to have su- sustained success like we saw out of Chicago, like we are currently seeing from Boston, like as much as it pains me to say we saw earlier in this decade from L.A., it's just it's it's very impressive. It's It's really, really hard to do, and for the Sharks, it is not timed out that way. They have never been able to put together the 100% winning formula, but I do have to also ask myself as I look at every other team that I am a fan of or have been a fan of, and I say to myself, if you told me at the end of the or the beginning of the year that this would end losing in Game Six of the Western Conference Final, I'd probably take it. I'd probably take it, especially remembering how I felt uh, when the Sharks were down three nothing to the Las Vegas Golden Knights about halfway through the third period of Game 7. Yeah, I could never imagine what we were about to go through in my wildest dreams, and the ride the Sharks have taken us on in this postseason has been particularly magical. Uh, it just wasn't magical enough to end with Jumbo hoisting Lord Stanley's Cup. And, you know, I hope Jumbo is back. I hope Pavelski is back. I would love for Eric Carlson to be back. I would love for the majority of this team to be back next year, but... That's a long ways away right now. It's May 22nd. We're looking ahead to October when things get started up again with the regular season. And then we're hoping to have this conversation again a year from now. But instead of losing in six, you hope the Sharks are winning in six and advancing to the Stanley Cup final. It is not an easy thing to digest right now. There's no easy way to swallow this. There's no simple or even detailed explanation that's going to do anything to soothe the pain you feel right now as a fan. And Ultimately, that which I can offer you is just, I understand. I 100% understand. I have been a Sharks fan since the minute they came to the NHL in the Bay Area. I was nine years old when the franchise started up, and I have had my heart broken by this team on countless occasions, just like all the rest of you. And it's it's not fun. It's, it's really not fun. Um, but it is the unfortunate reality of sports. Every year, no matter how good your team is, no matter how many things you do right, no matter how good it stacks up on paper, no matter how much you earn, no matter how much you deserve, no matter any of these things, there can only be one team that wins. I remember thinking about the 49ers in 2011, 12, and 13, and then the playoffs of those years, respectively, 12, 13, and 14, 49ers lost to the Giants in the NFC Championship game, the team that went on to win the world, uh, the Super Bowl. The next year, they lose in the Super Bowl to the Ravens. The year after that, they lose in the NFC Championship game to the Seattle Seahawks, the team that went on to win the Super Bowl. Each year, they ran into the team that was just that much better. And for the San Jose Sharks right now, I feel like we've seen something similar. They're running into teams that are just 
that much better. And this year, it seemed like it was timing out right. You had Eric Carlson getting healthy, able to get back in there at the end of the year. You didn't know what percentage he was at, but if you felt he was out there on the ice, that was going to give you a shot. And you felt that at times the way this Sharks team looked like they had a chance to win the cup. But ultimately, I think the lack of consistency due to injury down the stretch that the Sharks had that ultimately put them in a bad place entering the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they, in round one, it was the worst possible matchup for the San Jose Sharks going up against the Las Vegas Golden Knights because they were beat up, battered, and bruised right off the bat. Then they go up against a team that's going to wear you down and skate their butts off everywhere with extreme speed in Colorado when you have an extremely physical round one like the Sharks saw against Las Vegas. And then you go up against Colorado and you get worn out, particularly at altitude. Even though the Sharks were able to survive in advance, those were two extremely punishing series that the Sharks had to go through just to get into the Western Conference Final. And by that point, and I remember seeing it particularly in game number four when the Sharks were in that game late, they had a power play, and they looked gassed. That was my realization that, uh-oh. I mean, we saw at that point that Carlson was already having a lack of a push as Jamie Baker was praising it, so he just didn't have that big explosive move. I remember looking at that and thinking to myself, this team is out of gas. And I talked about it, um, you know, here on Morning Tide. And I just, I hoped that I was wrong. I hoped that it was a one-off situation because we've seen the Sharks respond so many different times in those late moments in this postseason. And then in game four, it just wasn't there. And you just, you think, oh, this is not good. And then, you know, the following game, game number five, they, they were just, flat out the gates and again you start thinking to yourself how much does this team have left in the tank after what they went through in the first two rounds and it's not an excuse it's just what you have to factor in and it's yeah it's it's unfortunate again I wanted the one thing that all I've really wanted to see for the last few years uh, probably <laughs> the last 15 years of my life I just I want to see Jumbo hoist it I want to see him hold Lord Stanley's cup above his head and I love the potential of this playing out with him able potentially able to do it against Boston. I wanted it. I tasted it. I could see it. I could feel it. I could just, I, I had this mental imagery of what it would look like. And once again, I'm struck with the stark reality that that's not something that I'm going to get to see now. Um, I don't know if it's something that I'm ever going to get to see. And it's part of the narrative that you love about the Sharks each and every year. You wonder, are they able to do it for Jumbo? You wonder if you were going to see that, and you know today is another day that we are not seeing it. Today is another day that we are not watching the Sharks advance to the Stanley Cup final, and it's just, it just, it sucks. I, you know, I don't, I don't blame Doug Wilson. I don't blame Eric Carlson. I don't blame Pete DeBoer. I just ultimately look at this and say this is sports, and unless you happen to be that one team that wins, ultimately you're going to end up feeling pretty bad. It's every sport like that. And I don't think that there was a particularly desi particular design flaw with this team. I don't think that I looked at the Sharks and said, this is what they need to do better. Because even Martin Jones, even though he had a rough regular season, he came up huge for the Sharks in the postseason. And right now, I just wonder what we're going to learn over the course of the next couple of weeks, the extent to which these injuries were affecting the Sharks. And again, like I said, coming back to health, it's not going to be an excuse it's certainly not going to make you feel better, but you just want to have some sort of understanding as a fan. You want to know why it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. 
Um, and, you know, I don't know what we're going to find. I, I imagine we'll probably hear more about what was up with Eric Carlson and we'll hear what Pavs actually went through and we're, we'll hear about all these guys. I mean, I just I have to imagine there is going to be news. I have to imagine we're going to find out something. Again, it's not going to make me feel any better, but it's going to make me, it's going to help my journey towards understanding of why I won't get that opportunity to celebrate. And it's also the fact that I won't get the opportunity to go back to the tank for a hockey game for several months. And, you know, just what I was able to witness this year at the tank, what I was able to watch during the playoffs, the game seven against Las Vegas, the game seven against Colorado, uh, you know, just all these different massive moments, big hits, the place erupting, Logan Couture playing out of his mind, you know, Jumbo making great moves. You, you, Timo Meyer just being unbelievable. Tomas Hurdle putting the team on his back. All these different guys that came through for the Sharks in the postseason. I, experiencing those moments in person, watching the fans react to it, feeling myself react to it inside SAP Center, the noise within the building. I remember I was walking across the up top in the rafters, the catwalk, at the start of Game 7, um, and the tank is going nuts. This is before Game 7 against Colorado. And, you know, when you're in the media, you don't do a lot of celebrating um, because it's that's just not cool. Uh, you, you know, you have to do that away from people. But I do remember that before that Game 7, you're walking out on the catwalk. Nobody else can see you. The entire arena is going nuts, getting ready for the puck to drop. And I just remember screaming along with everybody and, you know, throwing my hands up like everybody else, imploring the building to get louder. And it was, it's magic. Those moments are pure magic. And I don't get to experience that for a while. And you don't get to experience that for a while. And it's going to be another year before we feel the tank like that again. And I'll miss it. I'll miss every single moment of it. I, you know, there are times where, it's late and you're away from your family and you're, for me, it's editing audio. Sometimes the editing process is not nearly as fun as the emoting process. And you remind yourself that how much fun it is and what you were able to go through and what you were able to witness and what you were able to see with your own two eyes and feel in your chest with the reverberations, the roars of the crowd, all these things that make you love sports. And again, I've my 100% take on sports and it goes through uh, beyond hockey. It goes to all sports. You get hooked on a team in the postseason. That's how you become addicted to a team. After that, it's the fan culture. It's the day-to-day grind. It's understanding what the regular season means, but this is the good stuff. This is what gets you hooked. And once you get hooked, you stick around to experience it again, and we'll go through the regular season. We'll experience the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the storylines we didn't see coming, the player development, but it's all striving to get back to the here and now, the postseason, the second season, when you have that opportunity to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. That is what it's all about. That's what you go through the entire regular season for to get this opportunity. And as fans, this is why you go through those 82 games to try and get back here to feel those emotional highs. I mean, just remember, remember how you felt after game seven against Las Vegas. That's something to me that honestly, when I talk about it with other people, 
I start getting pins and needles up and down my entire body. And I feel like I'm starting to break in terms of composure because it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. That moment to me, that's what it means to be a San Jose shark. That's what it means to be part of this organization, whether you're somebody who's working uh, in the front office, somebody who's a season ticket holder, somebody whose job is to react into a microphone, somebody who wants to get a tattoo, somebody who has fallen in love with the Sharks in the last three months, last six weeks, whatever it may be, that moment was the epitome of the San Jose Sharks. All right, and we now have joining us on Morning Tide, the one and only Randy Hahn, of course, the TV play-by-play voice of the San Jose Sharks. And Randy, you know, every year I have this vision, particularly of watching Jumbo uh, hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. And once again, I'm not going to see that vision become a reality. It's it's stuck in my head. Uh, it was a great run, but again, the, the overwhelming feeling right now for me is just one of just one of disappointment, and uh, does that resonate with you right now, or where are you in your emotions? Well, we're a long way away from the start of the season. A uh, hundred and two games ago, eighty-two regular season and twenty playoff games ended tonight. That's a long time ago, but uh, when that season, when this season began in October, and and the Sharks had recently acquired Eric Carlson to go along with Brent Burns and Mark Edward Plastic, I thought already was a good defense and. And, and the team that they were bringing back offensively, signing Evander Kane to a, a new seven-year contract, and Timo Meyer's game growing, and Joe Pavelski, the hope was he would bounce back with a great year, and did. Mm-hmm. Uh, my feeling was that it, it was the best shot that the Sharks ever had at winning the Stanley Cup because I felt it was the best team to go into a season that they'd ever had. Um, it didn't turn out to be... The, the best shot of winning the cup because they didn't get to the cup like they did in 2016, but it, it was a tremendous run and it was a, a great regular season. And then two amazing rounds of playoffs against Vegas and Colorado. And it looked like that was going to continue uh, three games into this series. Unfortunately, that just didn't happen. Uh, so it's, it's bitter disappointment, but not the kind of disappointment I'm sure that's being experienced in the Sharks dressing room. The health. I mean, that's what, to me, what this came down to and not to take anything away from St. Louis, they were phenomenal and they've been, uh, you know, in a tremendous story going back to being the worst team in the NHL to now going to the Stanley cup final. But to me, it's the first round against Las Vegas was an absolute war. And then right after that, you get run around for seven games by Colorado, six of which you didn't have Joe Pavelski. And then to me, I saw that finally take its toll on a Sharks team that seemingly had an endless um, an endless amount of reserve in the tank in game number four of this series when Pete DeBoer called the timeout about halfway through the power play and everybody on the Sharks just looked like they were gassed. And I hadn't seen that before. And you combine that with the injuries we saw tonight. To me, that's that's the difference in this series. And I'm not saying that to make excuses, but that's what I kept on seeing was this was obviously a shorthanded, uh, banged-up team that didn't have it anymore. Well, I think I think you're right to some degree, and I, I think you have to listen carefully to Pete Moore's comments after after uh, Game Six last night. And uh, you know, the, the Sharks. We're in a war against Vegas. It was a, a brutal series. It took a tremendous amount of fortitude 
to come back from being three one down and then and then to take advantage of the of the five minute major penalty in the third period to do what they did. But it took a lot out of them physically. That was a hard physical series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thinking was, you know, sometimes your your first series can be your hardest. It, it it doesn't always necessarily come later. It can come earlier. And the feeling was maybe that was it as far as physicality and, and difficulty of winning. Uh, the Colorado series was different, as you said, and the Sharks weren't as physically taxed by a by a heavy team. But as DeBoer pointed out, um, this is a heavy St. Louis Blues team. They were healthy and heavy, mm-hmm. and they played their health and the kind of roster they had against a bang, banged-up Sharks team to their advantage perfectly, and they, they were unrelenting even after the adversity of Game 3 on the hand-pass goal by Carlson in overtime. And I, I think before you looked too far at what was wrong with the Sharks, I, I think you have to give St. Louis a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, even going back to January when they were the worst team in the NHL in the standings, and they turned it around. They found a goaltender. They found an identity. They found a coach to bring out that identity. Uh, we're talking about Craig Berube, one of the, the all-time penalty minute leaders in the history of the NHL. He was a mean player. He was a mean guy. He hurt people. And then you have an assistant coach with somebody like Steve Ott, who's one of the all-time biggest pests, who also tried to hurt people when he played. And you've got these two guys behind the bench with a heavy team playing against the bank of charge team and just with an unrelenting forecheck and putting bodies on and investing with every hit. And it just became too much. And, and they, they, they ran into a team that had that magical feeling that as Brent Burns said after the game, that the sharks felt they had in 2016 when they beat St. Louis in the third round and went to the final. So I think before you, you try and break down what, what was wrong with the sharks, or what happened to the sharks, I think the way the Blues played and the kind of team they were wasn't a good matchup for the Sharks in a round three after they had already played 14 playoff games. Yeah, no, that's the thing that I'm coming back to, Randy, is that, like you just said, it wasn't a good matchup for round three because they had been through so much already with rounds one against Vegas and round two against Colorado. And the other thing was you also wonder to me if Eric Carlson is 100% healthy if, if Joe Pavelski is 100% healthy, maybe that r- series against Colorado doesn't go as long, and maybe they wrap it up more quickly and they've got more in the tank going up against St. Louis. And, of course, you know, as, as, a, as a fan, as a media member, you run through all these different scenarios, the ifs, ands, and buts, and ultimately it, it's all inconsequential. And it's hard, Randy, because in sports, no matter how good the team design of the Sharks or any team is, and I, I don't think there's any flaw with the Sharks' team design, I think it, it's the ultimate reality that every year there can only be one team that wins. And it's sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around that as a fan. It's hard to wrap your head around that. I'm sure as, as a player, these guys thought that they were going to you know, go out there and win the entire thing. But sports are cruel, and there can only be one team that's ultimately crowned, even if, there are, even if you are a very good team. I mean, if St. Louis beats Boston, to me that doesn't take anything away from Boston. It just means that they're not the team that gets to hoist the cup when all is said and done. I mean, these four teams that were left, even if the Hurricanes were experiencing their own kind of magic before they ran into Boston, they were all really, really, really good teams. Uh, true, and, and I think it just, you know, the NHL is a, a copycat league, and, and for the last few years the, the catchphrases have been you know, fast and, and skilled, uh, like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and 
What happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning? They went down to the first round. What happened to Calgary? Out. What happened to Winnipeg or Nashville? Out. Um, and and so on down the line, the Washington Capitals have been coming off a cup win. So now you've got two teams in the final who both play much more of a smash-mouth hockey brand. Yeah. Not to say they don't have skill and not to say they, they, they don't have elements of speed, but they have great goaltending and they punish you. And when they get the chance, they hurt you. And that's a mentality that is only a, you're only able to have that mentality if you can back it up by being able to do it, having the right kind of players. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it becomes matchups. It becomes fatigue. I, it was, it was my feeling that the sharks were going to have to find a way to end a series in, in less than six games. And, and that's why for me, game four of this series was uh, was absolutely critical after the way they won game three mm-hmm. is that they needed to have the hammer going back for game five with a chance to end it, get some rest before they played the eventual winner, Boston. And, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen in the Colorado series when they had earlier chances to to win that series. It wasn't going to happen in the Vegas series because they were behind, but they needed to find it just a time to, to regroup and get a little healthier. And, and they just never did. And even if they were going to win this series in the end, that was going to take seven games. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just such a long year. And, and, you know, we may or may not find out how hurt the Sharks were by the end of all this. But, you know, we, we're just talking about the three guys who didn't play, Meyer, Carlson, and Pavelski. Uh, believe me, there's guys that were banged up on down the lineup. And I don't know if all the stuff will come out about Joe Pavelski, but fans won't, won't believe what he went through in these playoffs injury-wise. And I'm not, it's not up to me to reveal it, but I know some of it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just his knee, and it wasn't just his teeth coming out of his mouth when the puck went in off his face. And it, and it, it wasn't the concussion from when his head at the, hit the ice in Game 7 against Vegas, or even if he sustained another concussion the other night on the hit from Petrangelo. There was even more. So uh, it just gives you an idea of, of how difficult this is to win. It's the hardest championship in pro sports. Absolutely. There's, yeah. there's no other one that comes close in my estimation. And uh, they came up short. And, you know, we'll, we'll debate the reasons for the rest of the summer. And, and now Doug Wilson has to figure out what he can do to, to get over the top next time. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at Haley, Heed, Nyquist, Carlson, Pavelski, Thornton, uh, I believe Donskoy as well on that list of unrestricted free agents. How I mean, how long does Doug Wilson take after this before that all comes, you know, front and center on his dinner plate? Well, he's obviously been thinking about it for a while because he's had the issues of Eric Carlson and and his pending opportunity to go to the marketplace, uh, and also Joe Pavelski in the exact same position, uh, and then you have the. You know, the, the elephant in the room, did Joe Thornton play his last game here in St. Louis? And I'm not I'm not going to uh, debate what Doug Wilson should do. He's got a lot on his plate. Um, the, the Carlson issue is going to be right up there near the top, mm-hmm. a player that will probably command, uh, you know, a, a maximum contract of eight years. And, and if the comparable is Drew Doughty, then that's an $88 million contract. Yeah, That is a huge investment for the team to make going forward. Uh, and that will be a you know a real tough one to chew on and, and figure out if he also is of 
uh, same mind that, that he wants to be here. Again, we've got Randy Hahn here on Morning Tide. Randy, just in your estimation from what you saw of the best of Eric Carlson midseason when he was humming along and everything kind of clicked versus what you saw in, in the playoffs, I mean, I know you can't comment specifically on injuries, but what percentage did you perceive Carlson as? In the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at best, 65, yeah. 60, and at worst, less than 50. And ultimately, that really showed itself in, in Game 5 of the series to the point where he couldn't play in what turned out to be the last game of the year. Uh, it's part of the, it's part of the, the, the decision-making that Doug Wilson, ownership that the organization has to make. Uh, the player was injured, uh, and when he was healthy, he was on a roll. And yeah. I would argue when he was on that six-week binge of health, he was the best player the Sharks had. He, he drove the bus. But being able to be durable in a long season and then a long playoff is key. And, uh, you know, if you're projecting eight years out, you're talking about a player who will at the end of his year be well into his mid to late 30s. Uh, and you have to decide if you feel that it's a player that is going to be able to regain that health, work on building his strength, his leg strength, uh, his ability to sustain uh, a physical series against Vegas and then another one against a team like St. Louis. These are all the things that come, come into the equation uh, for the team. And then, you know, Carlson has, I'm sure, in his own mind, his own agenda of what's best for him and his family as to where he wants to live and play for the next eight years. And, and that'll all sort itself out between now and July 1st. Well, I'm a little bit biased, Randy, as you well know, but I can't imagine a better place to live than the Bay Area, particularly San Jose, and I hope that he's uh, come to fall in love with the Bay Area, but obviously there are many factors at play. But, well, Randy, it's been a pleasure all year watching and listening to your broadcasts, and my dad was a wise man and always told me to pay attention to your play-by-play work, and I think it's impacted my own, and I'm sad that I won't be able to have these consistent conversations and react to games with you for a few months but uh you've earned some time off my friends enjoy your off season and i look forward to uh getting back at this in the fall and beginning the run for the cup again all right thanks chad it's been great being on with you and uh you know for sharks fans who are, who are listening to this it didn't end the way that we wanted it to with a parade but boy this team gave us some great thrills throughout the year we saw some amazing things i've never seen anything like game seven against the, the vegas golden knights it'll be a a memory burned into my uh, my brain forever. Uh, and if there's the disappointment of not winning at all, we certainly have that to reflect back on, and we'll, we'll be doing that for years. It was uh, one of the most special nights of my professional life. Uh, it was unreal, Randy. I still, when I talk to people about it, I still get pins and needles up and down my entire body, and that was one we'll never forget. But uh, we'll safe travels, Randy, and we'll talk soon. All right, my friend? Thank you, Ted. Again, that was Randy Hahn, the TV play-by-play voice of the San Jose Sharks. Now let's get into this post-game sound, and this is when you feel for the guys. After a crushing loss, not only do they have to face the media while dealing with their own emotions, you can clearly, clearly hear the celebrations of the Blues going on in the background. Let's start with Brent Burns. You know, we always battled back. We got through We got through a lot as a team, and, um, you know, a lot of guys just... Uh, just battled. I mean, the, to get this far, there's there's a lot of things that have to go right. And um, yeah, I think we we battled together and 
came up short. I think it's it's, it's crushing to to come this far and, and uh, not get the job done. And um, yeah, I just you know I don't think I don't think it's from lack of effort. I just we, we, we kind of we, we took the hard road a lot and. Um, I think that's you know makes it the journey of it. That's the the fun thing about the the journey, but uh, yeah, it's tough tough to to not get it done and um, to get this far. And he talked about just the struggles of putting the puck in the back of the net, getting past Bennington. It's a great team over there. They play hard. Um, they play tight. They they have a great goalie. Um, it, it was just not a lot out there. I think it was just. We had to work for everything, and you know when we were working, it seemed like we couldn't get that that break. You know, we, we, I thought we had a lot of really good chances tonight too, and uh, you know missed missed opportunities. And you know that's all it takes at this time of year. It's the, the difference between winning and, and not winning is so close. And um, you know you can't take anything away from that team. They they played great from top to bottom. And, um, you know that's what it takes. Well, we went. Uh, to the finals last time, there was magic that that we had, and you could just feel it, you know. And you know, we, we really thought we had that magic kind of going. We made it hard on ourselves, and we always seemed to to battle through it and, and get through it and get to that next step. And um, you know, I think that's what's that's what's pretty hard. I think we all believed in here that we were going to get this game and, and go back, and uh, we had no doubt about about getting that game. So the belief was there. The the effort was there. It's just, uh, yeah, you, you just you, you leave yourself with no no air. I think when when you get this this deep. I think the other thing that makes it all the more real after these painful playoff losses, when it all comes to an end, is you just hear so much more raw emotion in the voices of these athletes than you're ever used to seeing during the regular season. They control their emotions and they control their reactions to a near robotic level, which has some criticizing them, but that's a part of professional sports. You have to be able to push those reactions down to keep your mind on the task at hand. And then and then suddenly when the task at hand is over, all these emotions come flooding to the forefront. And then you can hear that when they talk to Joe Thornton. Close time, sticking down there. What are the thoughts going through your head? Oh. Just, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, thanks guys. For Jumbo, he's probably thinking that this was one of his best chances to win a cup and it just all came crashing to an end. And it's it's hard to listen to these guys. You don't ever hear that sort of vulnerability from Jumbo. And I know that a couple of people said that during that interview, he was getting a little bit glassy-eyed. And you feel for him as a human being, his job in life, his goal, his purpose beyond his own human and family and friendly life, but it is to win the Stanley cup. And it's another year for jumbo that he will not be able to win the Stanley cup. Let's get to Logan Couture. Now he is never one to beat around the bush and he was pretty blunt when assessing what happened. We didn't score many goals. That's uh, pretty obvious. You're not going to win scoring zero and in one most nights. So we dried up offensively. They defended hard uh we didn't get enough uh around their goaltender and Couture was also asked how much this one hurt compared to others they all hurt doesn't matter what the roster is when you get this far in the, the playoffs or you make the playoffs it hurts um 
you know, you, you get in the playoffs, you believe you can win, and there's 16 really, really, really good teams. They try and you go against down eight and four, and, and then it really becomes a reality. And um, you know, this, right now it's, it was down to three before tonight. And you're, you're really thinking about it, and um, yeah, it, it, it hurts. I mean, there's there's no way around it. Um, that's it. And this, to me, was an incredible answer that Couture gives here when he was asked about his personal relationships with his teammates and the fact that changes are going to be made to this roster moving forward. Every year. I mean, that's uh, you get used to it. Un- unfortunate part of the uh, the business. You uh, you know, you play with guys for for eight months, I believe it is. I could be wrong there. Um, eight months every day. You got a schedule. You come to the rink. You see the guys. You go on the road and. Then it comes to a, an abrupt end, and uh, you don't know what to do with yourself, and, and then changes are made. So uh, some of the guys you may not see see until you play them the next season. So this is it's the worst part of uh, playing in this league. There's many positives. That's probably the, the biggest negative, but uh, we expect there's going to be changes next year. And that's, I think right now it's just a little too early to think about it. And again, Couture just giving fantastic insight here. This is what he has to say about coming so close, but falling short of the ultimate goal. I don't think that plays into it. I think uh, there's enough to fuel us when you're you're in the conference finals. Um, you're playing for the Stanley Cup, and yeah, it's cliche, but you dream of, of winning it. And every hockey player that gets to play in this, this wonderful league, uh, that reality comes a little bit closer. And when you make the playoffs, closer and closer and closer. And when you lose that opportunity, uh, it uh, it feels like it gets snatched away from you. So very difficult to uh, to take. Not easy to get over. Um, takes a while, but uh, you got to get over it. Now let's hear from head coach Pete DeBoer. This was his thirty thousand foot view on Game Six. No, I, I was proud of our group tonight. Um, you know, I, I don't think their score reflected the the work that we put in. Um, you know, and I know this what the scoreboard said at the end of the night, but I, I felt that, uh, you know, we made them earn, earn it tonight. I thought uh, we showed up and under tough circumstances, and I thought we got uh, efforts from, from everybody. So that's all you can ask. And he was asked about what his disappointment was centered upon. Well, my, my disappointment, you know, isn't thinking about next year. My, mine is, is in the group that we had this year and the adversity we faced and the people we had and the work put in and, you know, the number of times they were written for, for dead and buried and the number of times I kept getting off the mat and, the, you know, and the, the things guys played through. And, um, you know, that's the disappointing part for me. You know, that, that stuff that you don't see should get rewarded. And, and it should be, but it's a harsh league, and it's a it's a hard trophy to win. And, uh, you know, so my disappointment's there. And DeBoer was also asked about not having Eric Carlson at 100% for the majority of the postseason and a lot of the regular season as well. Sure, disappointing, absolutely. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the best defensemen in the world are in that conversation. So, but re- really, we had him for... We had him healthy for probably six weeks and dialed in. I mean, the first two months of the season, he was getting used to us, two and a half. Um, I thought he got dialed in in uh, January, February, and I thought, you know, we were maybe the best team in the league through that stretch, and and then, uh, you know, he wasn't healthy again. And DeBoer also offered this on Joe Thornton. 
Well, you know, he's, he's the face, he's the heartbeat of the organization. You know, what do you say? You're, you're, you know, I think, like all the players in that room, you know, as coaches, we're disappointed for not, you know, helping him get there. Because he, he gives you everything he's got and should be there. So, you know, it's, it's hard not to, to feel responsibility as, as one of the people around him, you know, for not helping him you know, get where he belongs. He belongs playing for Stanley Cup, and that's the disappointing part. Hearing the emotional weight behind DeBoer's comments about Thornton is just devastatingly real. I, I won't say which former Sharks player said this, and it's not one currently associated with the team in any capacity, but they said that Joe Thornton is the greatest human being on the planet and that everyone on this Sharks team wanted to win the Cup for Jumbo far more than they wanted to win it for themselves, and, and I believe it, and I will continue to believe you and I and all Sharks fans We'll one day watch Jumbo lift the cup, and I'll believe it until I'm told otherwise. On a personal note, it's been amazing to share this Sharks run with you all, and I wanted to personally thank everyone that has listened to the episodes or reached out to me on social media or at the games. Sharks fans are the best, plain and simple. I have been a fan of this team since they started up when I was nine years old, and to be able to represent this team in any capacity has been one of the most enjoyable in my career as a broadcaster and as a fan. A big thanks to Randy Hahn for talking with me on this episode, and again, a big thanks to the entire Sharks organization for letting me hop on board. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. Thank you for listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. Music composed by Yogi Yend. New episodes appear each morning after Sharks playoff games on the Sharks Sharks digital digital platforms. platforms.